Yo. Look at that fucking loser. Yeah, I don't know, man. He doesn't look too happy. Yo, fuck's sake! Is that your sister's shirt or Dude, what? You're such a dick. What do you mean? I'm gonna go talk to him. Hey, man. Don't look so excited. I'm sorry my friend's a dick. We're having some people over tonight. How would you feel about coming over? So what did that weird guy say? I don't want to talk about it. Fucking assholes, man. Going on, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Johnny Slomy Podcast. Um, new setup today. Uh, we have a special guest, Chris Wright. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. How's it going? Good, man. I got a bunch of messages. Um, what was it like, dude, just getting drafted overall? Like you're literally in the MLB. That must be. That's insane, dude. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely uh, something that I've dreamed of for since I was a little kid. So it was really cool to see, like you know hard work coming to fruition and you know getting get your name called is the coolest feeling I've had in my entire life and you know I'm thankful for it every day that I've had the opportunities I've had and then I've got where I've got yeah dude I mean you've been on like news outlets like WPRI I mean you've been in the Little League World Series so like you were kind of like that group after pretty much like famous in Rhode Island <laughs> yeah I mean if it weren't for those guys beforehand I, I really don't think that we would have you know believed in ourselves as much to do um, like what we achieved and I think yeah. that they kind of set you know like stepping stones showing that you know this is possible for anyone and that in Cumberland like we can do whatever what everyone else can and you yeah, know we that, just like, try to follow in their footsteps did that help you like moving forward though because I remember like I've known you for a long time like because yeah. we played at McCord together so we we're playing middle school baseball I was in eighth grade you were in sixth mm -hmm. and I mean like I don't think anyone had ever seen, like, sixth graders get at-bats, but, like, you were one of the kids who actually got, like, a bunch of at-bats. So do you think, like, playing in the, the Little League World Series helped, like, with pr like pressure-wise, or? Um, I mean, definitely. I, I We played against um, the hometown team in Pennsylvania, and I pitched in that game in front of, like, 35,000 people. Really? So Man. I think that definitely um, was a good measuring stick, I guess, at that age to kind of show what pressure feels like and getting that exposure at a young age is, was pretty important for me because now I compare, you know, like in college I went and played against LSU really? at LSU in front of like 8,000 fans and my entire, like all my teammates are saying, damn, this is the m <laughs> most amount of people I've played against in my life or in front of in my life. Yeah. I said, ah. What goes through your mind though? Like if you're pitching against LSU, like are you like, holy shit, like don't fuck this up or are you just like savage mode, like I'm going to fuck all these kids up? Yeah, no, nah, I'm definitely a <laughs> It's <laughs> like I'm gonna tear it up. Yeah, I'm like fuck you guys, you know. But yeah. so I was a closer at school, oh, so really? I came in at the end of the game. We weren't winning. I think we were down one mm -hmm. uh, when I came in, and my mindset, like I just go full psycho mode. It's like anyone in my way, I'm trying to go through you, and if you're yeah. gonna try and stop me, you're not gonna do it. And I mean, that's the mindset you kind of have to have as a closer. Yeah. But um, that mindset's out the window now for now because I'm a starter again. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy, man. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I mean, this kid's been to Williamsport. I mean, you've been on, like, all the big stages. I couldn't even imagine, like, playing baseball on that type of stage. I remember, dude, remember when I uh, 
when I tried to play college baseball, we went down to Florida because that's where like everyone plays in the off season, like in February and stuff, yeah. or whatever. Everyone goes down there, and they had me pitch against the best like community college team, and I just got absolutely fucking shelled. Yeah, but like my mindset was just like I'm a pussy. <laughs> like I just like I didn't have that type of mindset with baseball. Like I couldn't find that uh, like angry mindset. Yeah. But like if I play rugby or something, it's just like full savage mode, like just blackout, you know. Yeah, I think I definitely had to grow into that mindset because I never had yeah. it before. And then all of a sudden, something just clicked, and I did well one time. And I yeah. was like, I can't go away from this if it worked once. So yeah. at that point, I was just always like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna be better than you today, even if you you are actually considered to be a better player than I am." That's what's so, up, dude. Yeah. Did you did you like stop playing other sports in high school? So I I played three sports for my first two years. Football. Do we got the <laughs> the play? <laughs> it's all right. We salute. Uh, happy yeah, Memorial Day, like, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember you like. Did you did you stop playing though? Like. Yeah. You stopped so, playing basketball, definitely, right? Yeah. Well, I couldn't. I stopped playing football because of like um, head injury issues. Oh really? So I wasn't allowed to play anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, I stopped playing basketball junior year. Because I tried to work out, get bigger, stronger, so I could, you know, I was trying to get recruited for baseball at that point. I knew baseball was, like, you know, my -hmm. my calling, I guess, if you will. Like, it was kind of what I was best at and what I liked the most, so I wanted to make sure I put all my eggs into that basket to get to where I wanted to be at. And I did that for one year, then I committed that summer, and then I went back and I played basketball again my senior year. Oh, you did? Yeah. All right, yeah, because I remember you, like, stopping. I mean, I knew, obviously, baseball was, like, the plan, but did you, like, miss those other sports or not really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, just seeing all the guys, you know, playing, and uh-huh. like, Callie and JB, they were all playing with – or I think they had a pretty good season that year that I didn't play, and I was kind of missing it a little bit. But, I mean, when it came down to it, it's kind of what I needed to do at that moment, and that's what I did, so – yeah, because me and Odell were talking about that. Like, he always preached, like, playing three sports when he was on Saturday. He was like, yeah, like, I always had my, you know, I always told kids just, like, play three sports. And that's, like, weird to think about now because, like, we never really had, I never really had, like, an off season, you know, in high school. Yeah. But now it's, like, you know, everything changes, especially when you go to college. It's just, like, you're focused on one thing. Mm. But, uh, like, as of recently, dude, I, 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 like, really like just, like, training, you know. Yeah. And I'm not even training for anything. I'm just, like, training for life, mm-hmm. you know, trying to shred my nips and shit. <laughs> so it's, like, dude, like, I get after it, but, like, uh-huh. I like, like, having that, you know, that off season. you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so I, I agree, though, with Odell to an extent that I think being a multi-sport athlete is important, especially at a young age, because you t- you're having an off season from your other sport while you're playing another sport. So you're yeah. working other muscle groups, and you're you're going to be able to – be more sufficient in maybe other things in the sport that you're best at or whatever you want to be best at by yeah. doing those other sports like agility or mm. if especially if you're a pitcher like playing basketball or football will help with agility probably speed and strength and i think that it definitely can apply to any sport whenever you play multi-sports so i think that's yeah i mean dude you've gotten like way bigger and stronger but like how yeah. does that uh what type of, like, workouts were you doing? Because, like, if you were playing first and pitching, like, were they, like, you know, kind of conflicted at times? Or was it just, like... Yeah, so I originally was doing just the pitcher workouts my freshman year. Yeah. Because I was supposed to be a pitcher first um, right away. They, I was I was a weekend starter mm-hmm. my freshman year. Um, I pitched on Sunday, the fourth game of the week. 
Um, and I didn't do so great at the beginning. I was struggling with command issues. Like I couldn't control anything going on in the mm-hmm. game. And yeah. I had just played three games before that. So I was tired and, yeah. you know, I, I don't think I was ready for it. And mm-hmm. they just kind of threw me in the fire, which I mean, I think I don't blame them at all. I wanted to yeah, go out there and you. play too. Yeah. And I wanted to do the best I could. And they thought that that was our best chance of winning on that given day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, my career evolved like, I don't think there's anyone else in the world that could say like what I've done as a player, how I've evolved as a player. Because yeah. I was a pitcher. Bryant was the only offer I had to play the field too. Mm-hmm. So I was just going to be a pitcher everywhere else. So that was a big reason why I went to Bryant. And then they told me I would be a pitcher right away, probably get some, you know, at bats here and there at the beginning of my career. And then by the mm-hmm. end, I'll be, you know, probably an everyday starter. Yeah. But it kind of worked out the exact opposite. So like I was playing first base every day. And then I was not pitching as much because I was struggling a little bit with that and trying yeah. to, you You're know, fine tune some stuff. My freshman year, I threw like 27 innings. Uh, most of them were at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. My sophomore year, I pitched 1.1 innings the entire college season. Holy shit. So, like, I played first base every day. And that was attributed, and we had a lot of injuries and stuff, but I pitched 1.1 innings, and that was it. So, um, then I went out and I played in the Cape mostly as a hitter. I played the summer before with Ocean State Waves, and I had a really good summer hitting. How like how what is it like playing in the Cape? Like the teams must just be absolutely nasty, right? Yeah, there's a lot of good players. And, you know, they say if you hit 250 for the whole summer out there, like you you did really well. And I mean, 250 is not like a very glamorous average. Yeah, what would you say is like a glamorous? Because like it's the NEC, right? Yeah. What would you say is like a glamorous average, like above like 300? Oh yeah, definitely. In in, in our conference. If uh, you you got to hit above 300, especially in conference play, mm-hmm. just I mean the t- the talent level in our conference is not super high. We're probably one of the worst ones in the entire country. Really? Yeah, we've got some not so great teams at the bottom. But but then if um, you look at like URI and stuff like that, like a, a bunch of those dudes are like batting below 300, right? Yeah, they play a lot better teams. Yeah, like in conference, we play a lot of good teams outside. You conference. play URI though, right? Yeah, we play them like midweeks most of the time. So yeah. we're not facing their best pitchers. They're not facing our best pitchers. It's kind of like a scrimmage. Yeah, basically. But, I mean, it still matters for your record and everything. So yeah. get some games in in the middle of the week. Make sure, you know, mm-hmm. stay fine-tuned for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but our coach is like, I don't give a fuck. I still want to beat the shit out of them. Oh, really? Yeah. He was super intense. but Yeah. And I liked it. but. Um, so that was kind of yeah. like your reasoning, though, for going to Brian. You were like, I'm going to, you know, like I'm actually going to get to play a bunch of positions. Yeah. How would you, like, prove yourself hitting? Like, was it like um, – when was, like, the moment you realized, like, you know, I'm going to hit a, a shit ton? Yeah, so the only reason why I actually even got that two-way offer, I was playing in, I think it was Northboro. Mm-hmm. Northeast Baseball has a complex up in Northboro, Mass. It's, like, all turf. Yeah. And we've, in high school, and I faced a kid who was committed to Duke throwing, like, 90-92 with, mm-hmm. like, good off-speed stuff. Yeah. And I went, I went, like, two for three with a walk and a walk-off double off the wall. Yeah, against that kid and one of the coach, the hitting coaches they're watching, and that was literally the game. The only reason why I was able to hit it, Bryant. Yeah. So, um, that and then um, my freshman year, I took batting practice with the team, and our other first base was a senior, and this kid was a mammoth, like yeah. six five, two twenty, hitting balls over the scoreboard in BP, mm-hmm. and I was watching this like, holy shit, I got no chance to play this year. <laughs> Like I got absolutely no chance. And um, <clears throat> then I kind of, you know, got better and better, worked with the coaches. My swing when I got there looked like 
fucking 12 year old little kid trying to swing a wet noodle or something yeah and <laughs> so I, I definitely had a lot of help from the coaches and um i got on the field mostly because of my defense right away at first um our coach scooping shit yeah scooping shit yeah, yeah. our coach <laughs> liked having a good defensive first baseman and yeah. i was better than the other guy so that was kind of um like my my way of getting on the field which was nice and then just tried working on hitting as much as possible during mm -hmm. the week and it just kind of evolved that way. Yeah. How did you like Bryant, though, overall? Like, everything, um, I mean, not just obviously baseball, but, like, the environment there in general. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. It was it was a small school, so it was nice. I got to see, you know, like, my teammates in the hallway. And it was, like, Cumberland High they School like times a, three and a half, basically. Yeah, they have, like, an area in the outfield, right, where everyone just gets cocked. Yeah, it's really cool. They actually watch the game. Is it kind of like a Williamsport uh, style, or they just like kind of get cocked? Yeah, they just kind of get cocked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame them. Yeah. It's like they bring out speakers and stuff, and oh really? I mean, it's a, it's a cool atmosphere. They must go crazy though if you had a home run or something, right? Oh yeah, it's yeah. nuts. There was a we had a game. We were playing like the worst team in the conference, and we were absolutely smoking them. Mm -hmm. And our fans started chirping at the center fielder, and he he turned around and started giving them back, like just chirping at him back, and. Yeah. One of the kids that we know from school, he just took a beer bottle and chucked it at him on the field. Really? Threw it over the fence. Damn. And that was, like, one of the craziest things I think I've ever seen on a baseball field. I could not believe our yeah. boy literally just took – we saw the bottle flipping in the air. We're like, oh, no, <laughs> this is not good. Yeah. And their coach took him off the field. They were like, I'm not, I'm not putting my guys back on the field until all those kids are out of there, this and that. And, we like, we were up, like, 11 to 2. Oh shit! And <laughs> he was like, "I'm gonna make you guys forfeit this game because of this." And yeah, that was it was crazy. Yeah, they're they're a good That's crowd. Crazy man. They're Every time crowd. I've been to Bryant, because I I would go to Bryant a bunch because of Joe. Yeah, dude, I remember I did a comedy show there once <laughs> for the uh, the football team. Yeah, and uh, Joe's dad called me and it was like, "Yeah, I want you to do a show for the guys. Like we have a comedy show every year, and they'll they'll take like you know like national headliners to go." And I was like. I think 21 at the time, 20, I think it was 20 yeah. at the time. So I'm like, dude, are you fucking high right now? <laughs> like I just started this, you know? Yeah. But like, I guess Joe and like a bunch of the football players came to one show and they were like, dude, just have them do like our annual show. Yeah. So I go and I do the show and I'm like taking a dump beforehand. <laughs> and there's like, there's like that bathroom in the main hallway right near the theater. Yeah. I'm just taking a dump. I'm like, dude, what am I going to like, this is going to suck, man. Like, what am I going to say? Like, these are like division one like athletes like football players like how am i gonna like impress these guys and like get through to them yeah yeah so i'm like taking a shit and like two football players come in and they're like oh this is gonna suck dude i wish we could like get out of this because oh, like i guess the that. the year before they had a they had a female comic i'm not saying females aren't funny but right. they had like a female comic who wasn't that well known and she just talked for an hour and didn't get one laugh i guess yeah so i'm like i'm expecting to do the same thing <laughs> i'm like i go up there and like I'm just being wicked and mature and like a bunch of guys are laughing or whatever. And I'm actually doing like pretty well. Like they're like cheering me on and stuff. I don't know if it was like a make a wish, but they were like, you know, <laughs> and, uh, halfway through, I like, I just, I don't even know what it was. It was just like natural instinct. I like see this, like a player and I'm like, Oh, is that like your water boy? Cause like it literally looked like a 12 year old kid. Yeah. And everyone just like abrupted and roars. Like they were like, oh my God, like did he just say that? And I guess I pinpointed like the one kid that everyone hates. Oh. And he wow. like barely made the team. 
he's like an asshole, but he literally looked like he was 12 years old. And dude, <laughs> this kid, <laughs> this kid threatened to fight me on stage. What? And uh, dude, I made him cry. He actually started crying. Wow. There was like a, there was a bunch of the team captains and I was like, uh, somebody yelled Sharpie dick. Somebody was a like, Sharpie dick. And I was like, why'd you, why'd you yell that, man? Like, I didn't say anything about like Sharpie dick or anything. They're like, no, like we're talking about him. Like we call him Sharpie dick. And I was like, oh, why do you call him Sharpie dick? And uh, they did this thing. Like everyone was cocked and they like wrote on his dick, but they couldn't fit any words. Oh so my God. since then they called him Sharpie dick. And this kid just started crying, dude. Wow. Like a legitimate Division One football player, dude. Like, just hand to God, literally started crying. I was like, dude, I'm like 20 years old, right, doing a comedy show. This kid's threatening to fight me, and I make him cry. I'm younger than him. I'm probably the same age as him at yeah. that time. But, like, I was just like, it was the honestly the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, imagine <sighs> that, a grown man crying at a comedy yeah. show. Dude. That's unbelievable. And then, uh, like, afterwards, like, a bunch of the guys had to, like, stand by me. And they were like, dude, if he tries to fight you, like, you know, we got your back. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on, man? <laughs> like, we were, like, eating ice cream. I'm like, dude, it's oh just, like, God. you know, it's just jokes, man. Like, but, uh, dude, it was crazy, man. Yeah. But, like, me and Joe, we would go to Brian all the time. Obviously, his dad, like, coached there and stuff. Yeah. But, dude, some pretty hot chicks, man. You think so? Yeah. Um, it depends. You got you to gotta go to the right place. You think so? You got to know. You think, like, some solid fives or? I mean... If you solid five, you're having a pretty decent night at Bryant. <laughs> no, because I mean, uh, I would go to the. I mean, I think the most hot chicks I saw was at a football game, but they might they must have been like traveling, because like I feel like a lot of people come from out of state to the football games. Yeah, and I was just like watching these chicks walk by. I'm like, wow, these chicks are really hot, man. But yeah. it is kind of a small school, right? Yeah, you know? I would say um, a lot of our hot chick population comes from our sports. I mean, you don't see that many, you know, like business women that are trying to, you know, like. Put on yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, they're more reserved and like rich. Well, most of them are rich, yeah. But there's a lot of rich people at Bryan's for yeah. sure. But um, I mean, a lot of them are worried about school. But and at the same time, like when they want to go out, they literally mm-hmm. just drink by themselves. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Damn. You gotta you gotta go to the right places. It sounds like there's like a lot of like clicks. Yeah, a lot yeah. of clicks. Big so there time. must be yeah with, between sports too, right? Yeah, it is. Because I know, like, like, a bunch of the football guys, I mean, obviously, they hang out with the football guys. I mean, why else would they hang out with somebody else? That'd be kind of weird. Right. You know, like, football guys hanging out with, like, soccer players. Be like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. No, I'd say, like, our athletes at the school are, like, super tight-knit for the most part. Yeah. I think we actually had a problem with the football team a couple of times. And really? Yeah. We, we were outnumbered by a lot. Yeah, I was going to say. So, like, we didn't really uh, <laughs> try to do too much with that. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, we kind of try to like stick together, hang out a lot together. It didn't matter what sport it was. Yeah, just build but, some team chemistry. Yeah, and you know, have the athletic department kind of, you know, feel like we're one and. Dude, all so that like stuff. all the parties are in like the townhouses, right? Yeah. Fix this fucking chair, but uh, they're in the, yeah, because I, dude, I went to a uh, a hot dog eating contest there. Have you ever been to one of those? No. No, dude. Joe invited me to a hot dog eating contest. I don't know if it was just the football team. But there was, like, you know, like, it was all the townhouses. Like, they're kind of, like, right next to each other. Right. Yeah, pretty close together. And, yeah, dude, you just have, like, this table, and there's, like, a bunch of hot chicks just literally Kobayashing hot dogs. Like, it's insane. <laughs> and then, like, obviously the dudes play and stuff. And at the end, they'll have someone jump off the deck and just break the table, like you see in, like, the Bills yeah. Mafia. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was, like, it was pretty crazy, man. I remember going there, and, like, I remember falling asleep in a bush. But, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I fell That's asleep sick. in a bush. 
And then I remember I had to to go to a comedy show like the next day and I was just like, can't do this right now. (laughs) It was crazy, man. I remember I have videos on my phone just like of just hot chicks like aggressively eating hot dogs. That's unbelievable. Still have it to this day. No, I've never, I've never seen it or heard any of that at school before. Yeah, man, that was at Bryant though. I just remember when we were younger though, me and Joe would go there all the time, but. Dude, the facilities have like really improved over time. Oh yeah, I remember, I remember going there when I was younger. I was like, "It's all right." And then I went recently. I'm like, "Dude, are we in the future? Like, what's yeah. going on?" Yeah, it's like it's next level now. We got some of the nicest facilities in the entire Northeast at this point. Yeah, even like the automatic doors. I'm like, "What's going on right now?" <laughs> the automatic These things doors. are freaky, dude. Yeah, there's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but like, what's gonna go on in the MLB? Like, after you get drafted, like, what is it like? So like, you get your name called. That's like all emotional. And then are you just like, all right, let's get after it? Or is it like, is there like a designated process like what's happened since like your name's been called yeah so um the draft is three days i was the third day Mm -hmm. i was pretty early on the third day lucky enough to go as early as i did um so i got a call i think it was the next day from uh or i got calls that day too from the team but Mm -hmm. the next day the area scout called me and told me um my flight was set for like six days or Mm -hmm. five days after i got drafted so i'm pretty much Got five days to do whatever I want at home and then ship out to Arizona where spring training is so they can do our physicals and everything, make sure that we're in good shape. Bro, the the worst thing ever. We all had to get MRIs to make sure that none of us were hurt. Mm -hmm. I sat in the MRI place for six hours. Really? Yeah. It was the worst thing ever. There were like 20 of us who had to get MRIs. Oh, man. And they brought us in groups, and I was the last group to go. And I got there at... 12 30 and i left at like 6 30 and it was terrible. probably the worst day even ever. the mri itself sucks just sitting in that tube yeah i we had to do one on our elbow and shoulder uh-huh. and your arm goes numb within five minutes of when you start and they're yeah. like 40 no not 40 minutes they're like 25 minutes each or so have you ever had any arm problems or no no not really no. um i've been lucky enough to you know st- stick through even if it's sore soreness is fine yeah. pain is a little different but i think a lot of that has to do with like your mechanics like you must have a bunch of people approach you though about like your mechanics or do you think it's been like have you kind of just stayed true to one thing um I, def- I had to change my mechanics a little bit in college i did i mean it wasn't my choice my coach thought that this would work a little bit better for me because um i struggled a little bit like i said with my command at one point and mm-hmm. this kind of helped me out a little bit and once i finally got it down it worked out well but I think it has to do a lot with def- mechanics, but I also haven't thrown that much either. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't been exposed to a high innings count ever in my life. Yeah. Especially, I mean, Cumberland, Rhode Island, high school baseball, we play, like, what, 16 or 18 games for yeah. an entire season. Wrecking your arm. Yeah. Well, no, not even. I mean, I throw. I have seven starts in a season. <laughs> so you throw, like, 30 innings yeah. for a season. You don't season. really like, but sometimes you have those back-to-backs. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are the worst. Yeah, those are tough, but like I said, like I don't have that many innings taxed on my arm. I have friends who threw 100 innings in college like two years in a row. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't know if I've thrown 100 innings in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've definitely it, – it's also, I think, a genetic thing, like just if yeah. your muscles are more adapt or more apt to getting sore than some other people. And I think I'm lucky enough to, you know, be able to not really have to – have problems with that yeah. stuff. You think like um, your velocity, like how do you increase velocity though? Is a lot of it just training or is it like yeah, a bunch so, of things? Yeah, a lot goes into it. It's definitely 
mechanical first mm-hmm. off like you gotta you know load and unload and know how to use your body down the mound and everything and use your legs well strength so then you got to get a a strong lower body with good you know shoulder stability and strength and everything to make sure that everything up in your shoulder and elbow are going to be you know fine when you actually throw a ball Mm -hmm. um and then yeah transferring a power knowing how your body has to move in order to get the most out of it um that's pretty much the mechanical side but um excuse me um you think well, like when you work out though, if you get like too, you know, too shredded. Oh yeah. You think that like fucks you up? I wouldn't say you can get shredded as much as you want. You just got to make sure you stay flexible and mobile. Because mm-hmm. if you like you said, if you get shredded like and you can't move your arm like, you know, yeah. in the way that it needs to move, and you lose rotation and all that stuff, then you're gonna throw slower and you're more apt to injury. And um, you do like yoga and shit. Yeah, I, I've really? done yoga. The like hot yoga or just regular? Yoga. Just regular yoga. Oh, yeah. They have us do it like once a week. It's nice. And then we have a full stretching routine that we go through every day. And oh, dude. That's what's up. Dude, I did, uh, I did hot yoga at this uh, gym I used to go to. They offered, like, free hot yoga. Dude. <laughs> oh. You're sweating big time. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. And, dude, the teacher, smoke show. I mean, she yeah. was, like, 35, maybe 40, but. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Dude, me and Nate got in trouble, like, halfway through the session. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> she was, like. We dude, we were honestly like we were wicked focused, like we were trying to get like wicked into it, and I was like dying, dude. So Nate shows up with like legitimate pants on. He has like three to four layers on, and he's wearing a raincoat. <laughs> dude, it was like it was like the fall. It was like sixty five, seventy out. So like when we walked in, this lady was like, "Are you gonna you gonna like take that off?" And he was like, "No." So like Nate's dying like halfway through. Yeah. I'm dying. I'm not even wearing that much. And, like, uh, we're, like, wicked focused, like, looking at this lady, like, do the poses and stuff. And, like, I mean, we have to, like, because, you know, like, you have to listen to her voice. Yeah. But I'm not going to, like, listen to some, I don't know what I'm doing. Dude, so I'm, like, we're, like, like watching her. And obviously she's hot, dude. So, like, midway through the session, she's just, like, guys, stop looking at me. Just listen to my voice. And we were, like, all right. And then, like, we kept going, and, like, we couldn't do it without watching her, so we just kept watching her. She was like, guys, I'm not going to ask you again. <laughs> we're like, what? what? It's like we were being creepy or anything. It's like, dude, you're yeah. the instructor. Like, we're going to watch you. You know what I mean? I got to know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? Not all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, downward yeah. dog. I know, the child. Yeah, I know I that one, yeah. but what else am I supposed to what do? the child's pose is, dude. Like, what the yeah. fuck? That's crazy that she would say that. Our yoga teachers are always just like, just watch what I do and try and mimic me. Yeah, so exactly. Dude, it makes but... it so much easier. Yeah, and we were in the front of the class, too, so... Everyone was watching us. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, dude, that stuff's hard, man. I kind of wish I did it more, but I don't go to the gym anymore. They offered like free yoga, which is kind of legit, but yeah, it is. It's good stuff. Hot yoga, man. Dude. Get a, get some swamp ass out of that. Oh yeah, dude. Dripping. (laughs) But dude, you feel so good afterwards. Oh yeah. I like it. It, it, And it, you just feel so loose and like you could do anything. Nimble. It's crazy, man. It's awesome. But like. I don't know, man. I, I, I've been through phases where I've just been, like, too, way too tight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No homo, but just, <laughs> I've been, like, not flexible at all. Like, especially, pre, like, uh, pre-quarantine. But, like, once the quarantine hit, I kind of, like, I've been doing more running. Like, you, I, we saw each other at the track. Yeah. Um, so, I've been, like, running and stuff. But it makes you think, man. Like, sometimes uh, I, like, don't want to lift heavy anymore, you know? Mm. I'm just, like, maybe I should just, like, take it easy, you know? Stretch a little more. Yeah. Well, so like we always talk about um, the point of diminishing return when it comes to strength. Yeah. So um, you can be lifting 600 pounds 
on a, on a deadlift and you could be lifting 500 pounds on a deadlift. But like how much is that 100 pounds extra going to do for you on the field is kind of what we talk about a lot. Yeah. Whereas maybe if you're lifting that 500 pounds and then you're working more on your mobility and your stretching and everything, and that would help you more yeah. than actually just lifting that 600 pounds and doing like jumping stuff to make sure you got the quick twitch. And there's definitely a lot of uh, controversy behind that too. Cause some mm -hmm. people are just like, get as strong as you can. Cause it's going to help you, you know, throw harder and be yeah. bigger and stronger and everything. <clears throat> but I think there's definitely a point where like being, there's no point of being too strong, but there is a yeah. point where being super strong is not going to help you as much as being super flexible. What do you uh, like? What do you do in situations like that, though? Like, because you were, I'm not going to say the name, obviously, but you were talking about, um, you know, some kids who are using like weighted balls to throw harder. Like, when you come across that, are you just like, I'm not, you know, I'm not into that? Like, I'll take the traditional router. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of like a new school thing. It's, uh, there's a lot of science behind it. And the thing about that is that if you don't do it right, then there's a high risk of injury. Mm -hmm. So, unless I have someone that I like trust at a high level and that I know is going to, has my best interest in their mind and and that they would think that this could help me be a better player then I would do it but for me right now I don't think there are other things I think there are other things that are more important for me to work on like commanding a third pitch rather than just two that I have right now I've been working on a change up more and more trying to do some other grip stuff and just get it so that it's at least a feasible pitch to be able to throw in the strike zone yeah but um yeah it's it's different for everyone some people it works some people it doesn't and you don't know unless you try it so i mean i would be open to it i just don't think like right now that's kind of what is what i need yeah dude i'll try i'll fucking i'll cause a three car pile up with a change up dude <laughs> i think that thing must be hard to command yeah it is um it's like a circle change or just like a regular change up dude i've tried so many things like yeah. I, I i had one that i had down and it was a two seam change up so i was holding it on the two seam grip and then I went to Arizona this, uh, like mm -hmm. this fall or no, this winter and they banged it completely. They're like, you don't throw a two seam fastball. You can't throw a two seam change up cause it's going to spin differently. And the hitter's going to see that. So I tried throwing it just as the four seam grip. And bro, I, <laughs> when I tell you, I have no idea where this fucking ball is going. I'm cutting it half the time. And then one of them will go like this and I'm breaking the catcher's wrist and, like really? I felt so bad sometimes or, and I throw it and it would just literally go straight or I would throw yeah. it and it would go about four feet in front of me. Like mm -hmm. it was, <laughs> it was Dude, what about like a slider though? Well, so like I've thrown a slider before mm -hmm. and the way that, so like when I pitch my fastball from what I understand, at least looks like it's rising basically to a hitter. It spins a lot. So I have a high spin rate and then, um, they call it carry and, there's these new metrics called like vertical, vertical break, horizontal break. And I have like 19 to 20 inches of vertical break on a fastball, which is the average in the major leagues is like 10 to 15 ish. Jesus Christ. So like I have, they call it elite carry on my fastball. Mm -hmm. So with that, the best way to, um, best pitch to combat with that is a curveball That's like more up and down than side to side. Mm -hmm. So that's the pitch that I throw. Um, it's not completely 12-6. It's more like 11-5 of a curveball but because um, it looks like it's going up in the zone and then it goes down toward the knees. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why I haven't thrown a slider recently. But I, I'm, I've definitely tried to throw a slider again. 
and I, I want to throw a slider again just to have a harder pitch other than my fastball, but I just haven't really gotten to it yet. I think the changeup's kind of what I need to do first, and then if I want to, I'll go to a slider. Yeah. I was just thinking maybe like do a lefty slider. I mean, that'd be kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool, definitely. And I know the problem is like right now I don't have a pitch that goes like – the other way both of my pitches break toward the right like, or it goes straight and my pitch break toward, breaks toward the right so if i have another one that breaks right then they don't have to worry about anything going to the left so i kind of want something that's moving to the left a little bit yeah so that chase. they yeah they have to think about it yeah that's pretty cool man what was the uh like what was the little league world series like for you it was sick i mean yeah. when you uh i've always wondered this so like if you're at the little league world series once you go to like williamsport and like they have all the teams like you guys talking trash to each other or, like in your mind like honestly are you like fuck these kids or you're like i actually want to get to know these kids no it wasn't like that at all yeah. We, yeah it was pretty cool like we had this big room that we would play video games in and mm -hmm. like there's ping pong tables and arcade games and stuff and like i'm playing ping pong against a kid from uh chinese taipei yeah. and they're you would think like, you know, the stigma is, you know, Chinese and Japanese people seem like they're, you know, the ping pong masters or whatever. And <laughs> I'm playing these kids and they're just smacking balls to yeah. the to the back wall, not hitting the table at all. And they're just dying laughing because they're hitting them as hard as they can Jeez. and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it was cool. But there were definitely some teams that I was like, these guys are kind of douchebags. Like they wouldn't hang out with anyone or they really? would keep to themselves and not talk to people. And mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of sucks because, I mean, when you're 12 years old and you're at the Little League World Series in Williamsport, like, wouldn't you want to just kind of, you know, get out there and have fun? Yeah. Not I mean, it was they, like their parents or something. They were just like, you're here the for coaches, one yeah. They're like, you're, <laughs> you're, you're slaves still. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. But Yeah. What, how did, uh, I mean, that was, that was like so long ago. How did, yeah. how did you guys go out again? Oh, we lost the first two games. Really? Yeah, it was double I think elimination. I remember watching. We played I, some I, really good teams. Yeah. I remember watching the second game. I just can't remember because it was so long ago. Yeah. It, yeah, we played California, who had – so the year after I graduated high school, they had two kids go in the draft out of high school. One was the 13th overall pick, and the other one was, like, the 45th overall pick. So Jesus. they were gross. Uh, and then we played Pennsylvania, and they were really good, too. And they had 30,000 people cheering for them, so that <laughs> was tough, too. But <laughs> uh, what is, Why do you think, like, a lot of those guys, like – Obviously, there's, like, injuries and stuff and, like, you know, emotional stuff. But, like, so many players get drafted and, you know, obviously they'll get sent to, like, you know, double A, triple A, whatever. Like, what do you what do you think, like, is, like, um, one of the main reasons people kind of, like, drop off? Um, so, the, uh, the Giants always preach consistency. They don't care if you have, like, one unbelievable game and then you have a shitty game. Like, that, to them, that's just showing that, all right, you had a good day. Yeah, but if you can consistently be like you know, give quality starts or like have quality at bats every single game, and be able to do that for an extended period of time, they respect that at a higher level than that guy who's just unbelievable one day and then sucks the next. Yeah. So I'd say consistency is one of the biggest things that they talk about. Mm. Um, and then competitive drive, I think, is a big thing. There are some guys that literally just don't care, um, and they don't work. They don't work as hard as some other guys do to, like, you know, get where they want to be. Mm -hmm. And some guys just think they've already made it. Like, their goal is to get drafted, and they to them they achieved their goal already. And, you know, whatever happens after that happens. So that's kind of what I think happens to guys, like, when they don't 
you know, move up or anything like that. So it's that. more mental than anything, really. Yeah, it's a mental grind for sure. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. What do you like? Because like when I watch, I don't really even watch baseball anymore. And I was talking to like Odell about this too. Like sometimes we'll throw in a game and just like change the channel because you know some games are just like wicked boring. Yeah. But I don't even think really it's not even necessarily like how boring it is. It's kind of like like do you ever see like a, a pop up get hit and like the outfielder just kind of like jogs to it or like you know they could have caught a ball but they just like let it go by them and then they like jog to it again and it's like but then you have like you know players who actually go all out. Yeah. So I feel like there's like a huge, you know, huge difference between those two. Yeah. And but I mean, there still are players who like go all out, but a lot of them like, you know, when you think about the New York Yankees and stuff, like a lot of those guys are just making millions. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, I mean, that's always kind of bothered me. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I always respect the guys that play hard. Yeah. And I want to be known as a guy that plays hard and, you know, mm-hmm. cares. Yeah. Think about like think about like a Dustin Pedroia yeah, going he, all out. Yeah, like a dirt like, dog kind of guy. Yeah, versus like Manny Ramirez when a when a fly ball is hit his way. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Manny everyone loved Manny though. He was yeah. Manny was Manny. He That's was a little different, man. but yeah, I I know what you're saying. Like guys who don't you don't appear to give a mm-hmm. high effort when they're doing certain things and that definitely pisses people off. Yeah. But they still get away with it though. I think it's just because of their potential. Yeah. They they get away with it because Manny got away with it because he hit bombs and everyone loved him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some kids get away with it either because they uh, got a big signing bonus and the team mm-hmm. is like, I got to give this kid a shot since I just paid him so much money. Or, I mean, they just they play well and then they think they, they got it. And I don't know, that's just, they just kind of lollygag sometimes. Yeah. What keeps you going? Like, what keeps you interested, though, in baseball? Like, what do you say to people who say, like, baseball is boring? Uh, I say that they're right in a way. I don't. I wouldn't say that baseball is boring, but I think that there are definitely parts of the game that are boring to like the normal yeah. person because there's a lot of thinking that has to go on. And like, if you do something wrong by this much, like a tiny bit, then mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna lose the game. And there are like certain points in games where people don't really realize, like the game is won or lost, not in the ninth inning most of the time. Like, there are key moments throughout the game that if this guy makes a pitch right here, they're going to win. And so, like, those high-intensity moments are high-intensity for the players, like, at those certain periods of the game, whereas people kind of are like, oh, I just want to tune into the last couple innings here and see, like, who wins. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a porno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, yeah, I guess in a way. Yeah. But uh, what is, like, your plan, though? Like, do you do you know, like... Do you have a plan in mind? You're just kind of like going with the flow. Like you're gonna try try as hard as you can in like training camp and whatnot, and then just go from there. Yeah, I mean, I'm my goal. So you is like to, don't even know where they're gonna send you. No, they no. don't tell us until after spring training uh-huh. is pretty much over where they're gonna send us. I think they'll definitely give you a fair chance, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I I think so. They they seem like they're a pretty you know respectable uh, organization, and mm-hmm. I mean I like playing for them. They're really good to us. They're they're they do a lot of things that some of my other friends who are in minor league ball right now they're like dude they do that for you like they they make you food every single day they <laughs> they give you breakfast and lunch and you only you get money for dinner i'm yeah. like yeah that doesn't happen for you have you been like over like in the area have you like looked around a little bit or in arizona yeah yeah that so we're in scottsdale mm-hmm. and scottsdale is like one of the craziest hubs for like partying and everything in the country oh, yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. Down there, though. <clears throat> yeah, I only, I've only 
been out there one time. Just it was we had an off day the next day. My mm-hmm. friends wanted to do it, so I went out with them, and it was crazy. And that wasn't even when school was in session because Arizona State and U of yeah, A. They don't. They don't even go to school, dude. No, they don't. Go Arizona to State and U of A are within 15, 20 minutes, both of them. And from what I hear during the school year, that place is like just rocking every single night. Oh yeah. And um, so I I didn't go out like very much at all, but that one time that I did, I was like, wow, this is a different world. Yeah, like it's literally up. just a different world. Yeah. What about San Francisco? Have you ever been over there at all? Yeah, I went, I went there once. So they brought us out for a rookie strength camp in mm-hmm. November. I think it was mid-November. And we went to the field. Like we were in the, mm-hmm. the big clubhouse locker room every day. And we just did strength and conditioning stuff for a week straight. And I mean, that place is unbelievable. Like the field itself is beautiful. Like the surrounding is really nice. Uh-huh. Right on the water. Yeah, if you hit one over right field, yeah, which you could definitely do. That place is, yeah, it was it was unbelievable. I yeah. liked it a lot. The only thing is, city traffic is tough. Like oh, we, we were friend, living yeah. about a mile away in a hotel, and it was like the team hotel basically for guys who don't have you know places around there. Yeah. And we were going home one day, and it took us forty five minutes to get like a mile and a half down the road. Damn, dude. It's like this is just not okay. Yeah, it's like traffic <laughs> and the state income tax. Yeah, it's so high. So, like, I mean, your salary could be marked up pretty high, but then if you take in, like, the state... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like 40%. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bunch of, I mean, I don't even know. I can't even imagine what's going on over there right now with the quarantine. Like, a, bus, a bunch of people must be like, I just want to get out of here. Yeah, so I have a couple of friends over there right now, and they're saying that everything is, like, still completely shut down for the most part. Yeah. And they're not planning on taking it all off. They're 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 way behind us still. They're more in like New York's kind of state of oh, mind. New York's fucked, dude. Yeah, they're dude, in I that talked same to Joe state and he mind. said like a bunch of his neighbors died. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Oh wow, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah, but yeah, my friend said that he can't. He doesn't even have someone to throw with right now because everyone's afraid, and he he just literally can't do anything at all. Really? Yeah, and they pretty sure the governor of California threatened to have full quarantine till august if people don't abide by the rules and they're like are you fucking kidding me yeah, it's like what are you supposed to do yeah but they have so many people so it's like so many people what can you do i don't even know man you gotta let people outside though yeah, i mean so i saw actually something that was really interesting the other day and it was about like the corona numbers and all that stuff and mm-hmm. so the four most populous states california texas florida and new york mm-hmm. and Texas and Florida are, like, some of the most open states in the country right now. The only thing that's closed still are gyms, and they have a lesser um, infected rate and death rate than the places that are, like, California and New York that are super locked down and everything. Yeah. And I'm sure that has to do with, like, um, like how compact the people are put together. Because New York City, obviously, is, like, super, you know, tight-knit and yeah. everything. People are right on top of each other, but... I still thought that was really interesting to see that the difference between places being open and not open really doesn't make that much of a difference. Oh yeah, dude, I got a I got a buddy down in uh, Austin, Texas, right now, and he, like I was talking to him the other day, he's like, "Yeah, I'm at a bar right now." I'm like, what? "Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy." But then you look at New York City; it's just like a swamp town, dude. And like people over there are going like fucking crazy. Yeah, even in Michigan, dude, people are going nuts. Like there was a bunch of people who like uh, brought guns to the governor's office. Oh wow! And like it's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, threatening like, him and stuff. Why are you bringing a gun? 
That's they're so like good. they're like picketing with guns, but yeah. like not like handguns, like AK-47s. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah, that that's not okay. That's just not okay. Yeah, man. Who knows? But uh, you think there's gonna be a baseball season? I mean, obviously you hope there's going to be. Yeah, I, I do hope so, but I, I really don't know. It all comes down to if the MLB Players Association and the MLB itself can come to an agreement because yeah. how the first one came out was the MLB proposed that they would split the revenue that the team makes for the season with the players. Yeah, the 50-50 split. Yeah. But for the players, that's going to be way less than, like, what their salary would be. And they're they're not asking for their full salary. They just want to be paid their salary based off of how many games they play. Mm-hmm. So pl- play half the season, they want half of their salary. Yeah. Which to them seems fair. But to the team and the owners, they're like, I don't think I can do that this season. And the players come back as always, well, why didn't you want to do the, the revenue splitting when you're making billions of dollars and you're going to have to pay me more that way? So yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a back and forth thing that's going on and – it's at a stalemate right now, and I just think if they can come to a compromise, it'll happen. But if they can't, then there won't be. Yeah. When was the last time they had like a player strike back? When like, uh, like in the nineties, pretty much. Yeah, I think it was nineties or early two thousands, something yeah. like that. And yeah, well, there was that one guy. What was it? What did he play for? The Devil Rays or something? He said he like. Oh he was yeah. On ESPN. Blake Snow. Said, yeah, he just said like, "Fuck no." <laughs> yeah, he was on a he was on a live stream on, I think he was playing MLB the Show. Yeah. And someone asked him, like, what's happening? Like, why aren't you guys playing? And he kind of just went off about it. Because most of the guys are being pretty quiet. And he was the first one to kind of say, like, I'm not going to risk my career. And if I get this virus, nobody knows if it has, like, long-term effects on your body and everything. So I don't want to, you know, risk my future as a player. Yeah. And then he brought up the money thing. And everybody was kind of coming at him, like, oh, you make so much as it is, you shouldn't care, this and that. And he's like, so you're on the owner's side who make billions of dollars? And they were like, oh, that's a good point. So, yeah. I mean, I don't really have a stance as it is because, I mean, I don't make millions of dollars like they do, but um, it's kind of interesting to look at it from both ways. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if, like, anyone would even be down to play with no fans. I feel like at this point everyone just wants to play, so it's like yeah, just make it happen, but – I don't know, man. It's kind of like I know gyms are opening up around here, like on June first. Yeah. But they're doing like, uh, it's like two hour increments, ten people at a time. Okay. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's a good way to start it for sure. Reasonable amount of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go to the gym in the morning anyway, so like it's not like I'm going to be affected. But for people who go after work, might be get a little, get a little jam backed, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, brother. Well. This was fun. <laughs> we got a lot covered, a good man. Time. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. Yeah. Um, I wish you the best, dude. I got a bunch of text messages asking about you. People are just like, holy shit, he's in the MLB. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a lot of people are shocked, man. They're like, Chris is coming on. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Hell yeah. But, I loved it. This is awesome stuff, bro. Yeah, I wish you the best, man. Uh, good Thank luck. You. And uh, thanks for coming on, bro. Thanks. Thanks for having me, bro.